Now, Scotland's talking. Call 0333-2020-401 and join the debate. Good morning, I'm Ali Bally. This is Scotland's Talking. Coming up on the programme, what's wrong with letting Scots decide whether or not we have another referendum on independence? John McDonnell caused anger in the Scottish party by saying a Labour Prime Minister wouldn't stand in the way. Ian Murray says he was irresponsible. John McDonnell should not be coming up to... At the festival, the comedy festival of all places to do this and uh, making up policy on the cuff. But the Shadow Chancellor is getting lots of support from the SNP. It should be perfectly normal for people to expect the democratically elected Scottish Parliament to determine whether or not there should be a second independence referendum. Should it be decided in London or Edinburgh? You tell me. Also between now and midday... Has the answer to stopping seagulls stealing your chips been staring us in the face? We'll hear from the researcher who says there's a simple way to stop gull attacks. I looked them right in the eye and I could often see the gull looking back at me and, and being more cautious. Mm. And are you confused by doorway etiquette? Nicola Sturgeon's been talking about that awkward moment with Boris Johnson on the steps of Butte House when he attempted to usher her in. Was he being chivalrous or patronising? Music and conversation between now and midday. This is Scotland's Talking. If you'd like to join us, here's the phone number 0333 2020 401. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. We're talking today about various things Seagulls Tasers And other things <laughs> Maybe that's what we should do with the seagulls Anyway Oh, controversial um, But first of all Who should have the power to decide Whether or not we ever have a second referendum on independence Politicians uh, here in Scotland Or politicians in London Shadow Chancellor John McDonald's upset quite a lot of people in the Scottish Labour Party on his visits to the Edinburgh Fringe. He said a future Labour Prime Minister wouldn't stand in the way of another vote and that it would be for the Scottish Parliament and the Scottish people to decide that. But local MP Ian Murray called that irresponsible. It's not actually UK or Scottish Labour Party policy. Uh, secondly, it flies in the face of our Scottish Labour leader, Richard Leonard, and what he said consistently uh, since the start of, of this year and indeed since conference in September uh, last year. Uh, and we had an independence referendum in 2014 of which Scotland overwhelmingly voted to remain part of the United Kingdom. And if uh, Nicola Sturgeon welcomes us, that maybe tells you all you need to know. John McDonald should not be coming up to uh, the festival, the comedy festival of all places to do this, and uh, making up policy on the cuff of major constitutional issues. And to describe the UK Parliament as the English Parliament just beggars belief. And what you best do is to learn from your mistakes of the past. And what we didn't do in 2014, or indeed the general election in 2015, when we were all but wiped out in Scotland, was learn the lessons of the independence referendum. We've learnt those lessons. We've come to a very strong view that Scotland should be part of the United Kingdom. We justify that for a very positive case, but also a case in the sense that uh, Brexit 
Brexit is going to be a disaster for the UK and Scottish independence will be an even bigger disaster uh, for Scotland to, to pile on that misery. So those are the reasons why we have a very strong policy. So we've got a mountain to climb. We have to have that strong policy, have that basic principle that we won't give in to nationalists who want to break up economic, social and cultural unions that are hugely successful uh, and take the jobs and livelihoods away from our constituents. Those are the principles we should stand on. And that would be the principle that gets us back on the park, not coming up with policy on the hoof with mealy mouth speeches at comedy festivals. Now, as you might imagine, the SNP's Neil Gray sees it differently. These comments from John McDonnell uh, should be perfectly normal. It should be perfectly normal for people to expect the democratically elected Scottish Parliament to determine whether or not there should be a second independence referendum. And these comments follow on nicely from the Lord Ashcroft poll that shows that majority of Scots want a second independence referendum. And if there was a second independence referendum, would vote for Scotland to be an independent country. And there's little little wonder, given... uh, Boris Johnson's Brexit vision uh, that is descending upon us. So, yes, I welcome these comments from John McDonnell uh, and I hope others in the Westminster bubble follow suit. Mm. So, what do you think? Should it be up to us in Scotland to decide whether we vote or we don't vote again? Or is it okay for the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom to have a veto and power to stop it happening? What are your thoughts? O treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number. That's what we're looking for. Your decision here. Let's hear what you've got to say. O treble three twenty twenty four oh one. Joseph's on the line already to kick us off today. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, Ali. A nice fresh morning. We've got a little bit of rain in the city centre, so it's not too bad and it's not cold. It's just a nice. Time to get the body moving again. Well, I'm wearing a jumper today, so I'm cold. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's freezing in the studio, I have to say. Right, well, okay. Something else, Ali. You need to pay their money to get the heating back on again. Well, no, they don't believe in heating at the weekend. Aye, that's right, what yeah. it is. It's all right for the Monday to Friday, guys. You know, Aye. but the weekend where the heating gets all switched off. Ah, well, that's sad. <laughs> I don't want to pay double time. You know? That's it. <laughs> don't want to pay. Aye. Right. Okay, so what's your thought on this then? Well, Ali... We have got a Scottish government up here, and the Labour uh, leader up in Scotland, it's his point to what to see up here. Not another person coming up for the, the Labour uh, constituents down there and telling us how to, what to do. He's got enough troubles with, with Corbyn down there, with all the, the, the carry-ons. And see, they come up here and, and wishy-washing things to us to cause more upsets with the people of Scotland. The people of Scotland voted, and that was a hit. And that vote should stand today. Democracy is a word. It's not getting used in this country much now, Ali. They're just stepping over the top is the politicians on top of the people. And I, I think that's totally wrong. Stop letting these governments say what they want to say. It's, people's already voted down England in order to, to leave. Scotland done the same. And it, I, I can't understand these politicians. They keep getting in here and putting the boot in, the boot in, Ali, and they're getting nowhere and causing upsets with all the... Right, uh, but, but, but on, the, on the subject we're actually talking about at the uh, moment, do you think the UK Prime Minister should be the one that decides whether Scotland votes or has another independence referendum? Should he be able or she be able to say no? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a union country, Ali. Four, four countries in the one. 
and that's the way it should stay, Ali, by the vote. The people have done it. So they want to, we, we do want to take, take ourselves apart, Ali. We've got enough, enough trouble here with factories shutting down, losing their crafts, people, and then another one going ready to go tomorrow if nothing happens, the shipyard. These, these places will all get run down, and she's no caring, Nicholas Sutton. She's coming in the background there and opening her mouth, Ali. She wants everybody else to today, and then she'll come in a wee bit at the end. The factories make money for the local people, Ali. Mm-hmm. This is what we've got to depend on. If we can depend on Ali, Aaron, I think I nearly got shocked yesterday. Our, our BS in Edinburgh are going to move their headquarters to London if they get independence. They're going to take all that financial thing they're doing to London, Ali. This is what we've got to watch out here. Is that, is that scaremongering, do you think? I don't, Ali. When these big companies say something, they mean it. Mm-hmm. They've, got, they've got the clout, Ali. Move. You've got the money to move to make more money. They're not going to get it here with people no working, Ali. Well, they they were saying that there's just not enough business for them in Scotland to have their head office. Well, that's how Scotland, that's what I'm saying, Ali. We make away for independence. Factories make money and pay taxes, and that's how you run a country, Ali. If you don't make money, you don't get taxes paid to run the country and the government. That's where the government will need to get itself sorted out in Scotland. Taxes is your most important thing in Scotland to to get the country up and running. If a factory shuts down, Ali. 300 people getting paid off at, at Ferguson. That affects about two or three. Well, we, d- we don't know that's the case yet. We don't know the case, but... But I'm, I'm, I'm with you. On, you know, my thoughts are with them. Everybody that's working there. I think Ali, when you run down a local place, yep. the shops and the suppliers all round about for, the, for a toilet roll, your own sausage, they're the ones, we private companies, it's all losing their businesses, Ali, round about that one yard or that factory. That's it. They never, they never come up with that, Ali. Oh, it's 350 men, but it's thousands supplying that pack to me. Absolutely, yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I don't know. I'm, I'm not well enough versed on the ins and outs of it, but um, I, I do feel that, you know, it's just been allowed to go on and surely there should be some um, solution somewhere. Um, without all these men and women who are working there, quite rightly, Joseph, um, worrying over the weekend whether they're still going to have jobs tomorrow. Philip, good morning. How do you, Ali? All right, thank you. Right, regarding this referendum, I honestly feel that if there's a big enough uh, opinion among the Scottish electorate, it should go ahead, whether Westminster says it should or not. Right. How do we know when there's a big enough opinion in Scotland, though, Philip? Do we? There's supposed to be. There's supposed to be opinion polls. Yeah, but that you know the the opinion poll that the the SNP are jumping on this week. It was only what was it a thousand people or something that they they surveyed. You know, is is that enough? Are we going to change the way the country? I mean, certainly if it went to the vote, it would be slightly different because you would get an actual answer on it. But um, how many times are we going to have the votes? Do you get the answer that they want? Well, you recall two years ago the Catalonians did that. They held an independence referendum in defiance of the central government in Madrid, and the result brought back a whopping 92% in favour of independence. That was an, uh, a result that the Madrid government couldn't ignore. Right. And do you think that's what we should be doing here? Just going for it? Yes. She should be saying to Westminster, this is a Scottish decision. Leave it to the Scottish people. They could have got, they've got no right to stand in our way. And particularly Boris Johnson, who's an unelected Prime Minister. He doesn't speak for the Scotland, certainly not for the people of Scotland. But he's, he's there to speak for the United Kingdom. You know, a lot is made of this, of he's unelected. But at the end of the how day, he, he's, Ali, he's the one he, that's there. Could, Ali, 
Ali, how can he speak for the United Kingdom? The country didn't vote him in to that position. That could have been said about Theresa May. Yes, that's yeah, that's true as well. This is this ridiculous fixed-term parliament, which I, I told you before on this programme, I'd like to see scrapped. What about, it's high, it's high what about Nicola elect- Sturgeon when she took over from Alex Salmond? Well, again, that's another matter. Legislation could be changed up here as well. Right. But if you're going to be in a democracy, if you're going to vote in a government, it has to be by, elected by the people. No, there's not, not this uh, shoo-in sort of thing mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. just now. Right. So the answer to the question that I'm putting to you is that you think uh, the decision should be made in Scotland? Yes, it's a Scottish affair. It should be the Scottish people that should decide. And we're talking here not necessarily about whether we are independent. We're talking about whether we actually vote on it. So that's, yes. that's the difference, just in case somebody's just joined us. We're not talking the big debate at the moment. We're not talking about uh, should we go for independence. We're talking about should the Scots decide uh, or the Scottish Parliament decide when the next vote is. And yes. if, if that's what you're saying. I just, yes, I just Scottish, worry Scottish that part, if that Scottish was the part, case and it's a no again, how long do they wait before? Well, let's have another go at it then. Well, if it happens again, then it will be kicked into the long grass. I mean, the Scottish people have more or less said, no, you didn't hear us the last time, we want the status quo. But okay. there's, no harm in, there's no harm in giving them a second chance, Ali. I mean, five, four, five years is quite a difference. I mean, public opinion could have changed since 2014. Very true, very true. OK, thank you very much indeed, Philip. Uh, your thoughts, 033-2020-401. Should the... Should it be up to us in Scotland to decide whether or not we vote again? That's the question. O Treble 3, 2020 You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. Uh, here's uh, an email that comes in. Oh, it's a text. <laughs> it's absolutely ludicrous. This is Joan, by the way. It's absolutely ludicrous when we have a devolved parliament that another parliament, or indeed politicians who are not even in power, think that they can dictate to us whether they will allow us to have a referendum on independence. How arrogant and disrespectful is that? It begs the question, what are they afraid of? It is clear that no matter how much Westminster politicians disrespect Scotland, they need our resources and the UK couldn't survive without us. And they are terrified that we will vote for independence this time. The fact that people have for many years voted in an SNP government and numerous SNP-held councils says quite clearly that people are in favour of independence. Does it? Does it say that, Joan? If you vote for an SNP candidate in your local council elections, surely that doesn't mean that you're voting for independence. Just a question. Anyway, she goes on to say, uh, five years have passed since the last one and things have changed massively. It's only right that we should have a say on the disaster that is being imposed on us now by a government and a prime minister that we didn't vote for. Joan? Thank you very much indeed. If you've got a comment, love to hear from you. O Treble 3, 2020, 401. Uh, Jonathan, good morning. 
I lost you there, Jonathan. Let's try again. Let me let me press the right button today. Right, Jonathan, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Ali. How are you? I'm okay. Right, I'll get the right buttons before the end of the show. Okay, so what have you got to say today, Jonathan? Well, I don't see anything wrong with the Scottish government particularly wanting to have a second independence referendum regardless of what Westminster has to say about it. But the problem is, as a yes voter myself, I kind of am sceptical of both Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP wanting to do this independence referendum. Because, interestingly, I did see an article in the National and the Herald uh, a few weeks ago before I went off on holiday to Krakow, Poland, where this MP from the Western Isles called Angus McNeil uh, had spoken out after the SNP rejected an amendment by both him and another Inverclyde uh, councillor called Chris McAleaney to actually have an amendment where if they were to get a vast, a, a lot of um, pro-independence parties were to get a vast majority, both in Holyrood and Westminster, in any election, then they should be able to hold a second independence referendum where it was rejected by the SNP. And so with the fact that Nicola Sturgeon herself isn't exactly the kind of woman who pushes the kind of body language to push for independence, and like, for example, having other advisors from the central banks on her side, then I don't really trust it to go that way. Um, the, I'm trying to work through what you're saying there. Um, are you really saying that they're pushing for it but don't want it? Well, it depends, really. It's okay, so we'll just wait and see what happens. But you know, some people have commented that Alex Salmond was the better man who had the better body language to push for independence because he was more passionate about it. But with Nicola Sturgeon, she kind of talks in the kind of tone of a lawyer as just to say, well, maybe I, maybe no, we'll just see what happens. And it's really getting confusing with all this going on. Right, OK, interesting thoughts, because, uh, you know, there are others who would disagree with you, and, and you know, I'm sure that you, you'll agree. There's many say that that's any time you hear the First Minister talking about anything, uh, she manages to get independence into whatever conversation she's talking about. Well, that usually depends on what she's also trying to push for. Mm-hmm. Um, many people who are on the pro-independence side don't really realise what Sturgeon's background really is. I mean, there's one such thing that the pro-independence supporters don't quite know about, which was a backdoor water deal that Nicola Sturgeon made with David Cameron back in 2013 going into 2014. Um, there's a lot of information about it, which I'm betting that the SNP establishment are desperate not to get out there. Interesting times ahead then, Jonathan. Yep, so interesting things will be coming ahead. Um, hopefully there'll be more support for it, but we'll just need to wait and see how it goes. I mean, I'll definitely be voting yes if a second independence referendum did come around. And do you, before, I know that you, you um, are a keen watcher on all things political, um, do you see a general election being called soon? Well, there's a possibility, yes, it might be called, but most likely it'll probably be called after Halloween, most likely. Okay, thank you very much indeed. Jonathan Rainey with his thoughts. Uh, John Carr's here as well. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ali. How are you? Good, thank you. Good, good. Your thoughts on this then? Well, I hear this word, democracy, getting banded about, first of all. Uh, As far as I'm concerned, we no longer have a democracy when we as a country voted to leave the EU and we're still in it. 
because Westminster didn't want it to happen. Now, let's be honest about it, that's the only reason it didn't suit them, so they weren't doing it. And that was that. It didn't matter what the country said. Now, Nicola Sturgeon, when was she was defeated in the referendum, as far as I remember, said the only way they would have another referendum or consider another referendum is if Scotland voted to stay in the EU and we were forced to leave. Now, that happened, so I think the woman was quite within her rights to say, well, I did say that was going to happen, so I want it to happen. As I want it to happen, because I feel that we as a country, yet again, are a country with no voice. Doesn't matter what we vote for, doesn't matter what we say, nobody listens to us. Nobody pays attention to us. And the other point I would like to make, Ali, is see if we were, I've heard Westminster use words like scroungers and words like that in regards to Scotland and the Scottish people. If we are so much that way, why don't they just get rid of us? Why don't they just say, right, okay, away you go. You're a plague on us anyway. You're costing us money. Away you go. They don't do it, Ali, because they need us. My favourite saying always is, there'll always be an England when Scotland's at their back. And that's a fact, Mick. OK, thank you very much indeed for your views. That's what the programme's all about. It's about your opinion. If you've got one, 033-2020-401. We've been asking, should it be up to us in Scotland to decide whether or not we vote again on the independence question? Or is it OK for the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom to have a veto and the power to stop it happening? Tony, what do you think? Hi, good morning, Alex. Good morning. Um, I've got a wee opinion about it. Yes, we should definitely have another referendum because uh, everybody's entitled to change their mind. Should then the, should the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom be allowed, should he or she have the final say on it? That's the question. Not so much as to whether we should have another referendum, but should the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom be able to say, no, you're not having one? No, he shouldn't, but I hope he does. Because you hope he does? Just, Why? Yes, because he's inbred, inborn Tory arrogance against the Scottish people. Yeah, but if he says you're not having one, then then we won't be having one as it stands at the moment. Well, he's not sovereign. The people of Scotland, the Scots are sovereign in their own land. Not some Westminster silver spoon bombing mouth Tory reprobate has a right to tell the Scottish people what they can or what they cannot do. This country joined in England with the Union in 1707. That is basically a business agreement between two sovereign parliaments, two sovereign nations, and just like any business agreement, if either party in said business agreement feels it is being treated unfairly, can at any time tear up the said treaty. The treaty was signed between the Scottish Parliament and the English Westminster Parliament. The Scottish Parliament don't need to have a referendum. The Scots MSPs only need to vote a majority to rescind the Treaty of 1707. Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP are trying to live by democracy and give the people a say. 
But yes, that is true. Give the people a phase. But technically, the SNP don't need to give the people a phase. They just need to get enough MSPs in Parliament to decide to rescind the Treaty of 1707. Remember, this said treaty was signed and Scotland was meant to be an equal partner in the Union. Mm-hmm. Equal amounts of MPs in the new party of the Parliament of the United Kingdom. Now, there's 950 MPs in Westminster. Scotland sends about 50. Where's the equality there, Ali? Doesn't matter if it's Labour MPs, Scottish National Party MSPs, Scottish Tory MSPs. Our voice will always, has been, always will be, our needs, our cares, our concerns for our society, our economy, our sons and daughters, our mothers and fathers. Right, I'm going to stop you there because you're, you're starting to ramble on about, you know, I, I totally respect that you know what you're talking about and, and, I, and you know, I would say to to those who would like to challenge you on anything you've said there, give us a call, 0333 2020 401. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. Your point this morning, please. Hello, you're breaking up. I can hear you perfectly. On you go. Hi. Um, I just wanted to phone in and say I've always voted SNP and my main reason for that was no matter how um, other MPs from other parties work hard for Scotland, if the boss down in England tells you no, then no's no. Whereas the SNP only have one agenda, and that's Scotland. Mm-hmm. Unlike the Prime Minister who's got Ireland and England and Wales, etc. The SNP only have one agenda. Um, and England will never let us win any of the big battles. They'll give us concessions here and there, you know, and we hand out. But they will never let us win any big battles down in England because there's too many voters in England. So you 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 said you've always been an SNP voter, um, mm-hmm. and and does that go for independence as well? Would you be? Yes. You know, you're a yes person yes. for independence. Yes. There's a saying, um, and put it politely, you can't ride two horses with one bottom, mm-hmm. and that's what the other MPs from other parties in Scotland are doing. You can't have two masters, you know. And what what do you for, what do you say to your sorry. friends who say that? Uh, we've had the vote, and you know you must have uh, friends, Sarah, who who disagree with you and say we've had the vote. Um, it was a once in a lifetime vote, supposedly. So um, you know that should be it. Um, I would say to them really that since we had the vote, things have changed so much. What with Brexit and the mess that they're making down in England, they don't know whether they're coming, going, being or went, um, and. You know, how they ignore us and everything, you know, and to have the arrogance to say that we're not getting a vote. You know, we are adults. You know, we're not children. Mm-hmm. We want to have a vote. We should be allowed to have a vote. And this voice of ours has been building and building. And I definitely think it is because of our resources that they don't want to let us go. Right. OK, Sarah, thank you very much indeed. Let's go to Willie. Willie, good morning to you. Good morning, Ali. Uh, before I start, Ali, I'll set my position out. I don't. I'm not an SNP supporter. 
I'm a socialist who wants to see an independent Scotland, an independent socialist Scotland. Um, saying that, we, I think the whole question is ridiculous. Asking a nation of people whether an unelected head of another, of, of another country should have the final say on our destiny. Come on. Can you imagine somebody saying to the Americans, uh, the Mexicans are going to have the final say, so uh, if you want something, you're, you're going to have to ask Mexico or Canada permission. It just doesn't work that way. We're a nation. We have our own voice. We have our own opinions. They are very different from the opinions of Boris Johnson and the, the unelected Prime Minister of this country, and we want our say. Right, OK. Um, you know, when you say you're a nation there, I, I've, I've worked long enough um, with um, people from the other side of the border and, and uh, had lots of dealings with people in London. Do you think part of the problem is that they get lost in this little closet and the fact that they think uh, we vacuum here in London, that they think we are a region, we're not a country? Exactly. Uh, I, they have had the say over us for so long that they, this, this is what they expect. Even ordinary English people speak about us as though, yes, we, we'll let them do this or we won't let them do that. You don't say that about another country. You, you, you respect the other country, you respect the voters of that other country, and you say, well, they have decided and... I hope they do this or I hope they do that. But in England, it is, we will tell them to do this. They will do that. We won't allow them to do this. That's not how democracy works. I remember growing up, uh, the Eastern European countries, East Germany, Poland, Czechoslovakia, all of them were under the thumb of the Russians, of the Soviet Union, and they couldn't make a decision that uh, went against the Soviet Union. And, and they managed to throw off that terrible yoke. And we, we fortunately haven't had it as bad as that as they did. But all we have to do is go to polling booths and vote to leave. And no one, no other country, no other foreign person has the right to say to me you, your opinion doesn't count, my opinion counts for everything Wally, thank you, I'm going to leave it there because we're pushing against the clock here for going up to the news uh, Linda, good morning to you Good morning Ali and no great day here in Forfa <laughs> um, Looking at some um, photographs and video fo- footage of West High Street in Forfa last night. Wow, wow, wow. That was amazing. Very, very sad. And some of the businesses there, you know, businesses are struggling anyway, Mm -hmm. the lots of things. And I felt very sad. And our uh, independence hub sitting there, which we'll hate to go down in here, we'll look at this morning and see what's happening there, because it's there as well. Well, just in case any of our listeners haven't seen some of the footage that's been going about on social media, uh, Forfa well and truly flooded in the... 
the, the high street last night. Sad, yeah, very, very sad. Much so, very but much that's so. that's the climate change we've we've got, Ali. If it's you believe that, subject. if you believe it, different subject. Different. Um, you asked the question. Um, so uh, absolutely, Scotland has a government in Holyrood, albeit with some power still at Westminster. But Scotland has to make the decision. The union that we had, the two nations. That's what we hoped for equal equal rights. Where's the democracy in saying one part of that union saying forcing its will on another? You really can't be doing things like that. I'm not going to repeat the wonderful things that people have been saying, but I really I speak to lots of people during the days because I'm still campaigning. A lot of these people chosen Scotland for their home. They come from parts of Asia or Eastern Europe, and they they find it incredible that we're a country and yet dictated to like this. It's it's not on, and and people have said it before. Why? Are people so scared? Why are they so scared scared of us maybe making um, a decision? We're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And and I'd, I'd just like to make a wee comment on what somebody spoke about in an opinion poll. When the person, the recent Lord Ashcroft poll, now, you make the poll, you get a survey done by, uh, you ask for a poll to be done, you get the survey done by a company, and you decide what it is you want to be asked, how many people, that's no dictated to anybody else but the person that's involved. Now, I kind of say I've been asked to speak in a poll too often. Uh, it has happened, but not too mm-hmm. often. Mm. But I have no idea how many other people were asked. It's just however many. It could be a thousand. It could be ten. You know, it's it's just people across the board being asked their opinion. So, well, you know, it's whatever it is. Well, we're certainly getting uh, people's thoughts this morning. I mean, social media, both on um, and the texts that are coming in here, and also uh, on my Facebook page. It's uh, fairly busy, which yeah, is, uh, which is which is great because it's, great. it's giving the people a chance to talk and have. Well, it is. You know, I've been campaigning for a very long time. Very, very long time, Linda. Forty odd years. But you started when you were young. I did, mm-hmm. and I'm not caring about my age. It's seventy next year. But but the point is, I've said to you many, many times, I'd love and independent Scotland. That's what I'm working for. But I also just want people, please vote. That's, even if you didn't vote what I want you to vote, please use your franchise. I'm just looking at a comment that's coming in here in social media, and it comes in on a text. It comes in that says from Liz, the idea that Scotland is a country in its own right is nothing more than a patriotic, romantic notion. No, in, the, it, in the eyes of the Southerners, it is merely another northern county, Yorkshire, Lancashire and Scotlandshire. Well, I think the second bit of what that person's saying, in the eyes of people, that is right, because we're seen as a region. Um, you just have to look at some of the, you know, BBC, they all say it. We're seen as a region. But that doesn't mean to say we should stick to this and be thrilled for the rest of our days. I'm no thinking about me, I'm thinking about the generations that come. And everybody that wants to come and contribute to Scotland, please come and exercise your franchise. Linda, and make sure the young people do. I'm going to stop you there, as I say, chasing again. I'm already late for the news. Thank you very much indeed for your comment. We shall continue with the debate after the news. You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking. I'm Ali Bally. A very good morning to you. Uh, so far, it's all been one subject. I started off 
just over an hour ago, uh, asking the question as to whether it should be up to the Scots to in Scotland to decide whether or not we vote again. So lots of calls coming in, coming in about that, and we'll go back to some of them in a moment. Also, in this hour, we're going to be quite busy because we're going to be talking about seagulls, doorway etiquette, and tasers. Okay, so those are just uh, three of the subjects, and who knows where else we might go. If you'd like to join us, 0333 2020 music and conversation for a Sunday morning. Uh, this is Scotland's Talking. Andy, good morning. Morning, Ali. How you doing? Not too bad, thank you. What's your thoughts this morning, then? Well, uh, it's the old uh, independent malarkey. Um, it's, it's quite simple. A uh, couple of points I just want to say... Um, we had a vote for independence, and uh, the people of Scotland uh, decided no, we didn't want it. Uh, I think the reason that was because it's pretty simple. We haven't got anything in Scotland. We've named money. Uh, to, to be an independent country uh, is basically setting up your own company. And set up your own company, you need one basic thing. You need money. In Scotland, we haven't got anything. We haven't even got a, we've not got a bank. So therefore, we've not got any money. Everything is British or UK. We're part of the union. It's as simple as that. Um, now, the union is uh, a massive battle in front of you. We're leaving the European uh, community. And it's the, it's the biggest battle, I think, that the union's ever going to have or ever will have. And the only way you can uh, win any conflict is to stay together, to stay as a unit. Because the basic battle tactics say anybody opposing you is divide and conquer. So that's what I think they're trying to do with the European, because the SNP and the clusters and that, they, they want to leave uh, the union. So we set up on our, our own company, our own country. Well, we can't afford to run it ourselves. A lot of the British companies would leave. So, therefore, we'd have to get help for the union. The question... For Europe. Europe. Andy, the the question wasn't so much about independence. The question was about, should it be up to us in Scotland to decide whether or not we vote again? This is, you know, or, or is it okay for a Prime Minister of the United Kingdom to have a veto and the power to stop it happening. So that, that I, I'm hearing what you're saying on independence, but before we get there, we have to, you know, we have the the prime minister saying he would probably veto it. With John McDonnell saying, if the Labour Party were in power, um, you could do what you want. Oh well, I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, before I say any more, I'm as I'm as proud a Scotsman as anybody and anybody who knows me will can us. I've served in the military. And I'm I'm very very proud of my Scottish heritage and all the rest of it, but I'm also British. So if the bossy Britain decides, and now the bossy Britain, as we've had in the past, they can be buffoons, they can be great leaders. If he decides that we're we're not having our vote, then no, the people of Scotland shouldn't be able to say, uh, "I will have we will have our own vote." We have that the once in a lifetime one. Mm-hmm. So why, 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 why do we have that again? We've, we've got this battle in front of us. We need to stick together and we need to follow this buffoon. That, that's, the way, that's the only way forward. 
Okay, Andy, thank you very much. That's another review. Um, got one in here from David in Edinburgh. He says, this vote isn't the best out of three, you know. We've had a vote and it was no. If we had voted to be independent and it had all gone pear-shaped, would we be allowed to have another vote to rejoin? I don't think so. The vote was no and that's how it should be. Okay, thank you. Uh, Andy in Aberdeen says, we trusted them with the building of new hospitals and schools. Look at how that's turned out. Thanks for that. I will keep those comments coming in. Uh, you can uh, you can get in touch on the, the Facebook um, or indeed on text or by phone. Here's a phone in. treble 3 2020 401. Text 61054. Start your message with Ali. And of course, we're on Twitter. Hashtag Scotland's Talking. As I mentioned, there's a couple of other things I'd like your, your thoughts on. Visit the seaside anywhere around Scotland and you'll know a problem seagulls can be. But has the answer been staring us in the face all this time? A researcher claims you can stop them nicking your chips, the seagulls, or swooping to steal your ice cream just by looking at them in the eye. The researcher's name is Madeline Gomez and she's from the University of Exeter. I um, placed a bag of chips in front of me. It was sealed so they couldn't actually eat the food, um, but they could clearly see there was chips. We thought um, most girls around coastal towns would know what chips are. Um, and then I timed their approach towards this bag of chips. So from when the girl started walking towards the food to the point where the girl touched it actually pecked at it um and I gave each uh, individual goal in my test two trials one where I was looking at them and one where I was looking away so we could look for differences between individuals some of them were very wary and wouldn't touch the food at all when I was looking at them um they were sort of hanging around uh, waiting for me it seemed like they were waiting for me to go um, and all, all pecked at the food when I was looking away. Um, some girls were quite quick in their approach to the food and some girls did take a long time because they were evidently more wary. Um, so that was quite an interesting finding that um, girls do seem to vary in how they uh, interact with people and we can't really uh, think of them as being all alike. They're not all... Um, trying to get food off people all the time. <laughs> so there we go, the researcher Madeline Gomez from the University of Exeter. So do you think she's on to something? Have you ever tried? <laughs> Stupid question here, but I'll ask it anyway. Have you ever tried having a staring match with a seagull? Why would you? Just get out of the way of it, you know? <sighs> Did it work? Or should we be looking at another way of dealing with them? They've been there for years. You know, it's, it's our fault. We're leaving food lying all over the place. You know, people don't close their bins. It really annoys me. You know, you see people put their bins, they're too lazy to take their wheelie bins in, so they leave them lying on the pavement. And then they fill it, and when they can't get the lid shut, they just leave it. Seagulls say, ah, lunch. Down they come. And then we start complaining about the seagulls. It's our fault. We're, you know, we're leaving food. We're tempting them. Am I right? Am I wrong? Oh, treble three, 2020, 401. 
Take your bins in off the pavement and stop overfilling them. Sorry, I'm maybe just having a go at some of my neighbours. Right, if you've got a comment on it, then do let me know. Love to hear from you. 0333 2020 401. Mary, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, I'm just wondering regarding the seagulls. Right. And uh, it sounds great. The, uh, we get about 30 seagulls in the garden every day because people round about are feeding them. And we've asked them to stop, but they don't do it. And the other day, uh, there was nearly a crash in the street because a seagull landed on the bonnet of a car. And um, the noise that they make is unbelievable. Mm. You know, and uh, everybody's complaining about it, but they're not doing anything about it. When you're saying, Mary, that your neighbours are feeding them, or yes. the people around about are feeding them, uh-huh. is it just like I'm saying by leaving bins open, or are they deliberately throwing food out into the, the garden or trying to feed them? Well, Deli- deliberately uh, feeding them. And do they not get fed up with them? Do they not say to themselves, hang on a minute, you know, I'm, yes. I'm attracting these things from the sky? I know, I mean, it's ridiculous, and uh, people have spoke to them about it, but they're still doing it. Even putting out tins of tuna and everything. You're kidding! I'm not. What a waste of a tin of tuna! <laughs> Come on, I mean, <laughs> mix some sweet corn in it and do it with some mayonnaise and hay. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, really, really. Wait, where really. do you live? Uh, Broxburn. Broxburn, right? Okay. <clears throat> I'm just thinking it must be very posh seagulls you have down there. If you've got neighbours putting tins of tuna. Yeah, there's about five of them in an area of about fifteen houses that feed them. Right, okay, so Mary's neighbours in Broxburn, mm-hmm. stop it. <laughs> I wish they would because it is really terrible and the noise is unbelievable. Uh, when you go to your bed at night and they're squawking, yeah, yeah. waking you up at four in the morning, uh, it's just disgusting. Indeed. Well, let's hopefully, uh, maybe some of them are listening, you'll take, take note of it, Mary. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just actually laughing at the lady that said, stare at them. I know. Because imagine us staring at I 30. Know. <laughs> I know. Just these eyes coming at you. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Mary. Okay, Thank you. Thank Bye-bye you. now. Bye-bye. Bye. Here's one that comes in that says, can you ask that stupid woman how you look a seagull in the eye when it's dive-bombing, and it's on a dive-bombing mission? Hope she didn't get paid for that research. Uh, she probably did. Thank you very much, Dave, for that comment. Frank, how are you? Not too bad. How's yourself? Not three bad. Right. What do you think but of the I've seagull never... situation? Have you ever tried to stare a seagull out? Well, I know that only having two eyes, you can only stare at two seagulls at a time if you've got a heavy Google. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is, what is the other 25 seagulls doing while you're staring at them? That's it. They, <laughs> they come up alongside you, you know? Aye. Oh, no, but you've seen them coming in from every direction, as you know, if you've been out and about. And God, that, that, that was my point there. Right, so... I, I know the likes of you can only focus on one, one seagull at a time, but as I say, there's rakes of them running about you, looking for you, no looking at them. That's right, so you're looking at the one whilst the other lot are coming in at the side and getting ready to snatch whatever it. you've got. That's yeah, it. Absolutely. A bit like the brigade when it was open. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland's Talking, the podcast. This is Brian. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? 
Fine, Ali, thanks. Good, good, good. Right, so which subject are you plucking out of the air to talk about then? Uh, well, we seem to have uh, a surplus of SNP uh, activists on the phone today. So yes, I I'd noticed. Re- redress the balance a bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I voted uh, to remain in Europe, but I also voted to remain in the United Kingdom. And I think that is a far more important vote than the one about Europe, simply because over 70% of our exports either go to or through England. And the European Union, well, it's it's now ruled by a, a peculiar bunch of left and right wingers and who knows where it'll go in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Now, the SNP seem to have taken uh, a lot of, uh, you know... <laughs> There seem to be an ecstasy over this silly little vote where a thousand people were asked if they wanted another referendum, and they actually got 52% to say, yes, 52%. Wow, what about the other 20, 30, 40 votes before that? It's crazy, absolutely crazy. They, they have one thing in their mind. The clues in the title... Mm-hmm. Scottish National Party. They're not interested in anything other than their own narrow views. Independence. They've taken their eye off the ball for the last 10 years and more. Scotland is... It's been run by halfwits. It really is. In what way? I mean, that's, that's a fairly damning statement to say to people who have put themselves forward to be uh, MSPs who have been elected, and and as far as they're concerned, they're they're probably doing their best. Um, and and maybe some of us might think that their best isn't good enough. But to call them names, surely when they are in charge of governing Scotland, what what makes you say that? Why don't you you um, you can't say all parties surely are all people in the in the Scottish Parliament come under that. No, but they have one thing in their mind, one thing only. One party. One party. The SNP are fixated on one thing and they're ignoring everything else. Right, that, that's what I'm, I'm really asking. Do you think we hear this and it's mentioned in the, you know, in the letters pages of, of newspapers, daily newspapers, people use it and say, you know, they're taking their eye off the ball. What about schools, education? Do you really think that is the case? Do you not think they're still getting on with the day job? No, not not to my satisfaction anyway. The thing is, they've profit, profited from uh, the collapse of Labour in Scotland. That's the, the only reason the SNP are where they are now. The Labour vote has collapsed and most of it's gone to the SNP. So they'd, they would have us, you know, every few years they'll ask for another referendum. So they would pull us out to the United Kingdom, assuming there was another vote in independence, and it was 51% to leave. They would have us out, leave the United Kingdom. And there's a guy on earlier said, well, it's five years gone, we've, we've changed our minds. You know, there's a lot of people who've changed their minds. Well, so what if we change our minds in five years' time after we leave the United Kingdom? Will we get back? No, it's a one-way ticket. So having heard all that, the question I was, and I just keep pulling people back to the question because it wasn't about independence in, in, in itself. It was, should Scotland 
be able to decide whether or not we vote again? Or indeed, is it right that the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom has that veto? Well, it's certainly right that that the SNP, even with a majority in the Scottish Parliament, should not get to call the vote. Because I seem to remember when the vote came out in Europe, they were urging people to, to vote for the SNP, not for independence, but to stop leaving the, the European Union. So a lot of people did vote SNP on the expectation that their vote should be for Europe, not for independence. So that this is what they're basing all this euphoria on, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I just, I mean, the thing is, people around the world, they must stay in disbelief. The United Kingdom is one of the best countries in the world to live. No argument whatsoever. And yet we're wanting to break away. What for? You ask anybody in Africa, in Asia, in Russia, somebody mentioned earlier on that, you know, the breakup of the Soviet Union, they managed it, he said. It was difficult, but they managed it. But we, we can't as well. We haven't had it quite so bad. <laughs> Slight understatement. <laughs> mm. I mean, this is not the Soviet Union. We don't have people breaking down our doors in the middle of the night and dragging us off like they did in, there in the 1950s and 60s. This is the United Kingdom. It's crazy. Brian, thank you very much indeed. I'm going to ask you one question. Mm-hmm. Totally nothing to do with what you've been talking about, really. But I just okay. want to start this subject, and i just like a yes or no for you. In view of the increased violent attacks on police, not only in the United Kingdom, but in Scotland, should all Scottish police officers be armed with tasers? I think there's a very good case for it. Is that a Definitely. yes from you? I would say yes. OK, I'll let you go now. Thank you very much indeed. What do you say? Brian says yes. In view of the increased violent attacks, and we've, we've read, we've heard, we've been watching television pictures and, and, and stories coming out of police being attacked, I'm asking the question, should all Scottish police officers be armed with tasers? The criminals have moved on. They're arming themselves. A baton, is that really it? Should all Scottish police officers be armed with tasers? What do you think? Or treble three twenty twenty four zero one. Let me know your thoughts. You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking. Scotland's Talking Sunday morning. In view of the increased attacks, violent attacks as well on police. Uh, Should all police officers be armed with tasers? That's the question I'm asking you at the moment. Uh, What do you think? Once again, the phone number is 033-202401. The text number 61054. Uh, Start your message with Ali and email ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk. So that's the question. I've got a text in here that says, no, they shouldn't be. Where does it stop? Ambulance crews are being uh, attacked. Fire officers and fire firemen and firewomen, um, firefighters are being uh, attacked when they go out to jobs as well. So do we issue everyone with tasers? I think not. Thank you, June, for that one. Um, let's go to John, who's on the line. Hi, John. Good morning. 
Ah, oh, good morning, Ali. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. That's all right. Uh, a wee quick thing on that. And you call it, Ali. Uh, tasers. Toys, by the way. You're not going to get a lot of folk uh, over in America attacking the police there, are we? You think about it. I, I, I think I think about these things. If somebody's coming up, you know, get a hold of us. They've got a gun. Mm-hmm. And the police has got, got a taser. No. You should be arming the police. Really? Don't give them toys. You, th- you think every policeman should be ar- Policeman and policewoman should uh, be armed? Yes. Because everybody, everybody will think twice. Yeah, yeah. Attacking them. Mm-hmm. Or putting somebody else's life at risk. If they're, if they're running up and somebody's going to be stabbing them and they've, they've got tasers. No, I think uh, I think they actually should have them. Yeah, they've got too many spineless folk in government that say, "Oh, you can't do this and you can't do that," and "Oh, you're not allowed to say this and you're not allowed to say that." Arm them, Harley. We'll have less less problems. So forget the less tasers. Problems. Just give them guns. They're toys, as far as I'm concerned. What the tasers? Yeah, we shot. Yeah. Aye, shot. That's it. But it immobilises yeah. that person, surely. Mm, well. I suppose you're correct there, yeah. But I think I'd rather uh, have the real McCoy on my, on my side, my side gun if somebody's come up to attack me. You, you give them a warning. If they don't heed, they're going to kill you or kill other folk, yeah, shoot them. Don't give them a chance. OK, well, John. We'll have less problems. Okay? OK, thank you very much indeed. OK, that's John's view. He's uh, forget the tasers, just give them guns. Thanks for that. Okay. Uh, let's go back to a couple of other subjects here. I'm just looking at some comments coming in and trying to keep us up to date. Uh, oh, yes, seagulls. Uh, here's one in from Karen. She says, we have a neighbour behind us that feeds the birds twice a day. Seagulls, pigeons, crows. All the birds line up on the surrounding neighbour's roofs as well as waiting for her to come out to feed them. The seagulls start screeching from 5am-ish all around us here. And the baby seagulls are old enough to be left sitting on the rooftops all day, screeching for their parents to come back. The noise is terrible. Never mind the poo waste. It's what I was saying earlier. It's it's down to the public, isn't it? Karen's got problems with neighbours, but another caller who had problems there with the neighbours feeding them. There we go. It's, uh, it's down to us. If you've got a thought, send... Uh, this again goes back, just in case you've just joined us, goes back to uh, a professor saying that we should be staring at seagulls. If you stare them out, it's okay. They'll run away. Okay. Phil G says, yeah, Ali, and while you're engaged in staring out a seagull, your chips, etc., get nicked by another. Of course, you forgot there was more than one. Only one solution. Eat indoors. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, let me also mention this here, because th- this had me sort of puzzling a little bit. It did. I'm, I'm being a bit serious here, you know, because when I open a door for someone, whether it be a lady or, or a gent, I'll even open the door or somebody's at the back of me, I'll open the door and say, somebody, go first. You know, that's, that's what I've done for years. It's what my mother taught me to do. It's just good manners. I don't even go take it to be chivalrous. I just think it's good manners. But it was what our First Minister said. I mean, she's been well uh, documented over the, the last week or two uh, to her reaction to Boris 
on the steps of Butte House. I mean, you can see by her face, she wasn't that happy. Um, but it did bring to, to mind, she, she was asked about it this week, and she said, quote, I was aware Boris was about to do that thing that guys sometimes do to women, and no doubt you claim it's chivalrous. Sometimes it's chivalrous, other times it's patronising, which is to kind of usher you in and put their arm around your back. And I decided I didn't really want that to happen. I must admit, I don't sort of put my arm around somebody's back, but I do open a door for them. Is that, is that different? Because I am aware that I have held the door open for our First Minister in the studio here. When she was in, at one point, I remember opening the door and just saying, after you. She said, no, on you go. So, but, you know, that's... So I just, what are your thoughts? Is it chivalrous? Was she getting the wrong... Is she sending out the wrong message? Patricia McGuinness says on a text here, I believe Boris was being chivalrous. And I've no problem with that. Thank you very much indeed for that. Um, Bill says... Regarding door etiquette, nothing riles me more than when I hold a door open for someone and they glide through without saying anything or even making eye contact. That contact, Bill, that's, that's, I understand what you're saying, but that's more their problem, isn't it? That, that's, you know, you're, you're showing your good manners. And if someone doesn't return that, I know, sometimes I will say, ah, oh, thanks, would be nice. <laughs> And get that look, that stare. Jane, how are you? Hello, Jane, speak to me. Hello, hello. Hello, right. Sorry to waking you up, Jane. <laughs> right. What do you oh, think of this think... whole manners thing then? Well, I just think it's the, the usual thing a man should do is to open the door for a lady and let her, let her go in front of him. And if it was the other way around, she would have been saying, oh, God, he was ignoramus. He let me... He went in front of me, so at the end of the day, the band was only being gentlemanish, and that's it. Nicola Sturgeon thought that it's sometimes patronising. Did you ever take that from somebody holding a door open for you? No, no. I just think it's... Uh, we were brought up like that, and that's the way it is, you know. I think if, if a man just went in front of her and the door didn't hold the door open for her, I think that would have been... Fairly bad. We've been taken you know, the other way. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think yeah. she's done the right thing. I'll go through first. So, Jane, you like the door being held open for you? Oh, yes. Jane, thank you very much indeed and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thanks okay, for calling. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, here's one from Irene. She says, Boris was being courteous and showing his respect. The perfect gentleman, just like yourself, Ali. But of course... Scotland's Talking, the podcast. And a busy talking has been. Uh, lots of comments on social media, but everything that we've been talking about today, uh, which has been good. Um, here's one in from Phil. He says, American police have carried guns for years. It hasn't had the slightest effect on crime levels. The shootings over there in the news recently are testimony to that. But police here do need to have some form of protection. So I'm all for officers carrying tasers. Uh, thank you for that, Phil. So I was asking about, do you think in the view of, um, in view of the uh, violent attacks on police, should police officers be armed with tasers? Um, and also we've been talking about the uh, uh, situation 
that Scotland has to get the permission of the UK government, the Prime Minister, to have uh, another referendum on independence, if that's what's required. And that comes from uh, the comments from Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell uh, this week, uh, saying that he, he wouldn't stand in the way, or a, a Labour government wouldn't stand in the way of another vote be having. So lots of comments on that. Um, here's one from another Liz. She says, a couple of things. Did Westminster have to get permission from the EU countries in order to hold a referendum? Westminster voted to come out of the EU. Uh, well, they didn't. It was uh, the population that decided. But I know what you mean, because they didn't want elsewhere making decisions for Britain. So um, they can't understand that Scotland don't want decisions made for us out with Scotland. OK, Liz, thank you for that. Um, there's another Liz somewhere. I'll come back to that. Um, Boris was being courteous and showing respect. That's another comment that says that. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Mary, for your comment there. Uh, re the uh, need to arm our police force against violence if we were to give a decent start in life to deprived children they would grow up to contribute to productivity productivity and growth of all instead of costing us all more money in mental health services or prison services deal with the cause not the symptoms Okay, thank you for your comment. No name on that one. Um, should all please be armed considering attacks on them? Uh, just a thought. Yes, uh, says that one. Thank you. And if they had a UK vote about Scotland's independence, we'd be gone. I think they'd be glad to see the back of us. And that comes from Andy. Andy, thank you for that. Um, where else can I go here? Uh, as crime rates are getting out of hand with some people carrying knives with intent to kill, I think tasers are needed to stop this happening. I don't think our police should be armed with guns as that is a step too far. Thank you. The politicians are elected to represent the people, so the people should decide if there's another independence referendum. This will be done by returning a majority of pro-independence MPs and MSPs. They've all got different views on this. Uh, here's one from Alan. He says, Labour are all over the place on the independence referendum. First, they tell us it's a constitutional issue which is reserved to the British Parliament. Now they tell us the Scottish branch of the Labour Party will make the decision on the referendum and not the actual British Labour Party. They really have to make up their minds. Either they believe that London has the right to make the decisions for us or they don't. OK, thank you for that. And I think really that's about all we've got time for. It's uh, been a very, very busy show and lots of uh, comments. And the last comment I'll give to, to Derek on chivalry. Ladies should go indoors first and should walk on the inside of the pavement to keep them safe on the roads. Derek, chivalry is not dead. Thank you very much indeed for that. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'.